People of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Thank you again for joining us on the next episode of The Brothers Talk. We are continuing to build the audience one household at a time. We are currently over 3,500 through our different online platforms. We are at The Brothers Talk on Twitter. We are The Brothers Talk on Facebook and the Instagram group. We are also out there on Gmail where you can reach us. We continue to have our platforms focusing on Black economic empowerment, relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide on Facebook, as well as hashtag Black Dollars Matter. And it's all about us focusing on keeping our resources and our economic power base within our communities. So once again, here are Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Hope you've been safe out there paying attention to what's going on. You realize that the vote is coming up, the election is coming up, and we need you to get out there and vote and be safe. In in addition, we always want you to support Black businesses. And I want to thank everyone out there for the support and the continuing support of the community. The love, the Black love, is all we have. Let's keep it going. Normally, when we do our program, we have a segment at the end called the Positive Black Business Experience of the Week. And this week, our entire show is dedicated to an experience based on someone who is giving back in a really powerful way. We've got Chef Dion with us. 10 years, retired from the Marine Corps and has been working with his own nonprofit called Disabled Combat Veterans Youth Program, in which they feed an awful lot of people who are needy during this pandemic and beyond. And certainly, I don't think it's any secret that too many people have lost their livelihood. A lot of people have even lost their homes due to the pandemic. And so there's a lot of need for people to be able to get food to keep surviving. And so we're awfully happy to have Chef Dion with us. He also has a program that's called Table to Table Tuesdays, which he'll tell you about shortly. But we are just excited to have Chef Dion in our midst. And Chef Dion, please go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and about what your programs are. Yes, and uh, thank you so much. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for having me. So, yes, I am um, a disabled American veteran uh, by way of U.S. Marine Corps from 1977 to 1983, the Lebanon conflict. And uh, I was recently retired within the last 13 years due to the invisible wounds and the PTSD that has struck in my life uh, as a result of the Lebanon experience and much more. So I decided that, you know, I'm unemployable. There's nothing I can do. So I might as well just start giving back. 
And I moved down to Inglewood, New Jersey, 13 years ago from New York City, my wife and I and my family. And I decided to coach football. So I coached football for about seven years, got to learn the community and see what the community is based on and the energy. And, you know, it was a perfect fit. So I took it a, a step further and uh, I took my nonprofit and I started an after school program with the youth, uh, the culinary cadet. And that went on for about six years. And these are seventh and eighth graders that are interested in, in culinary arts. And we would cook supper or dinner, if I may, for the after-school curriculums. And these would be the football teams, the basketball teams, the baseball teams. This went on yearly. And from that point, I decided that I wanted to teach college. So I went into the culinary department of Bergen Community College based here in Paramus, New Jersey. And I taught, taught culinary arts there for six years. And throughout that experience, I met quite a few people. And as soon as COVID-19 hit, the entire United States shut down to include the colleges. And I said to myself, well, here I go. And um, I got back with my church and all the uh, worship houses in Inglewood, as well as nonprofits, and created this big platform, Table to Table Tuesdays. Now, Table to Table is an organization based out of Inglewood Cliffs that donates food during the uh, insecurities of food. And I've been dealing with them for about seven years. And I decided to uh, have a sit down with them. So we started receiving between 11 to 22 pallets of raw food, organic food. And this food came in different packaging. We had food that did the uh, HelloFresh. These are different meal kits. And uh, you get about six or seven different meal kits. So we would take two of them, two to three of them, and put them in one bag. Then we would get chicken breasts. We would take 12 that, that, that came cryovac and, and put 12 chicken breasts in the bag. A variety of onions, apples, it just varies. And we would pack them up and then put them out in the front to the curbside pickup. Now, the curbside pickup is very unique because it is logistically designed from the police department to prevent accidents or any congestion, traffic jams. So now we have, we have about 800 cars that line up. And by 12 o'clock is the kickoff. And uh, from 12 to 12.45, we'll do about 1,200 vehicles. Now, sometimes it, it, it's 1,200 vehicles, but we can feed up to 1,500 families. Families. And um, it's just because some folks are coming in carpools. Then also we have at the church on the right-hand side for the walk-ups. Now, the walk-ups are for folks that don't have a vehicle or the basically the... Uh, undocumented uh residents and they line up socially distanced six days everything's marked off with different cones all the way around the corner and we usually will do about 150 families on that side so that right there when we you know when it's said and done it's about 1500 families now we're currently up to about 2022 because we also provide food to the board of ed at tnac where they'll dispatch two uh vehicles and come pick up crates of food. We'll save a pallet for one school. We also do the Teaneck Pantry, who we support them. They're doing about 150 families a week. Then we're also uh, supporting uh, Church of Christ with Reverend Shelley, and they're doing 250 
on Saturdays, and we also support uh, Never Alone Again, which is a domestic violence organization based out of TNAC, and they do on Saturdays 150 families. So we're spreading our wings very, very wide and hoping to be able to support everyone that needs food, or it doesn't matter where you're from. And now within that program, Table to Table, we also have a table there with a healthcare simplicity. They just moved into Inglewood back in March, as soon as COVID hit. They're out there weekly. They help uh, residents with uh, Obamacare, disability, uh, how to apply for disability, helping you with the paperwork, and much more when it comes to healthcare. And this is free of charge. And we just recently had uh, Never Alone Again has joined us every Tuesday with a table out there in, in, at the site as well. And they offer a lot of uh, information regarding domestic abuse, whatever the case may be. And we go from car to car. We go car to car and letting folks know what's available. And this is every week. And also a lot of the folks that park their car, they get there early about 1030 and park their car and walk up to the different tables and see what they have. And, you know, just to get information, we also get literature from every organization and we put them in the bags as we're packing them. So it's basically a, a real tight, strategically carved out project to the, I mean, to the letter. We all on the same page. And again, our main goal is to make sure that no one goes hungry. Now, that's one project. We're launching a new project around about mid-November because the existing organizations that are in Inglewood now, their last distribution is October 31st. So now we're going to be the only ones supporting with food like this in the community. So what we're, we've done is we've partnered up with another church that's new in Inglewood, and they come from an association from another county, and they have farmers that are based out of Mississippi, and they deploy 18-wheeler, 53-foot, 18-wheel wheelers with uh, 25 pallets of food that's boxed up, can have uh, milk, eggs, yogurt, chicken breast apples, cucumbers, cheese. And so we just started this last week, just a test, and we loved it. So now we have basically set the groundwork with the logistics on it to make sure that everything works out as sculptured. Everything we do is designed, structurally designed, military style. Uh, I have a bunch of chefs that are licensed, and they're licensed all over the country just like I am, and we strategically put everything in place. It's just not just come there. No, we everything is designed. Now, with that being said, this is going to be launched mid-November. Again, we got to dot our I's, cross our T's, make sure that the police department comes up there, which they already know about it, to come out and strategically design a lineup for the vehicles up in that area. So like that, everything is a, it's a simple flow. It's a simple flow. This is going to be even easier because these are boxes that are pre-made. So all the, all we have to do is let the driver unload the trailer, take the pallets, line them up under the tents that we're providing, unload the vehicles, pull the vehicle out the way, and we start the distribution right there as it is. Again, we don't, I don't know too much about that project. We just launched it. It just rolled out uh, Tuesday, and now we're in the midst of organizing it and making sure that everything is placed right, making sure that, you know, it's it's going to be sustainable. You know, I just don't want to do this for three months and six months because, you know, food insecurities is all year long. 
pandemic or not. I know plenty of families in this community that have five, five, five members in their family. Both parents may have either two full-time jobs or one has two and the other one has a full-time and a part and still can't bring food to the table. And I'm well aware of that because I'm into the community and I know exactly where all the problems lie, but all I can do is just be a part of that wheel that helps them keep moving. And there's nothing greater than to be able to have a meal at night so you can wake up the next morning and focusing and being able to be prepared to go on your journey. And especially for the kids now that they're at home. Another thing that caught my eye during this in September is I noticed that a lot of the families and mothers are coming to our distribution in their vehicles and still have their kids in the car virtually learning while they're coming to pick up food. So that, to me, is an indication that this is a huge need. This family really needs it. And it's just not one, two, three, four, five. I mean, I'm seeing it lined up. So the need is there. And we will continue with this project until the food runs out. Now, that's two projects. May I fast forward slightly? And um, prior to COVID-19 hitting, I was working on a farm. And we had it... uh, I had an architect involved. I had a contractor involved. I had a hydroponic company involved. I had a flooring company that specifically designed for hydroponic rooms over a barn to be able to take to hold the weight of water that was needed for this particular project. I also had engineers involved and we were putting this project together to turn it into a research program for youth and college students as well. We had a veterinarian on board. It was a it was a huge project. And the main idea was to get the research center started and then start with our own crop to be able to harvest enough crop to donate the food to the hungry. And we were starting in a small pace, a small farm, seven acres, just to get it up and rolling and get our feet wet. And this person I, I partnered up with is an expert in farming. My whole heart lies on every individual that can wake up with a full belly. It's so important. I've been all over the world. I've seen hunger. I understand it. I've been through two pandemics, a huge hepatitis breakout when I was in Okinawa, Japan. And of course, this current one that just blasted us. And I've seen the devastation. I understand the devastation hands on. And that's why it's so important for me to continue with my projects and continue to serve. Now, mind you, we first started, it was just the Inglewood residents because I'm a firm believer in whatever I'm going to start and do, I'm going to start small. I'm going to start small. So like that, I have a grip of the foundation. I don't want to jump in the water without a paddle because uh, nothing good's going to come out of that. Then you kind of moving backwards. So, you know, with this here, I started with Inglewood and then it expanded other folks from other communities, one friend from Inglewood would tell his friend from Hackensack, which in turn tells his friend from Paramus, now we got different towns coming to line up for food. And that's what I wanted. That's what I want. If you need food, just come on by. The word no doesn't exist. So through, in order to continue making this effort positive and solid, you know, of course, there's always um, funding that's needed. You know, uh, no one gets paid doing this. We all volunteers. Uh, what we do is uh, we put into the project the bag, the tables, the sanitizer, the tents that we'll be needing for the winter time to be able to load that tent up with heaters and tables so we can also 
load up bags because, again, we'll be the only ones distributing. So that's an indication that we're going to get a bit, about 70 percent of the population is going to increase. We're going to increase by 70 percent. So in other words, we're at a 2,000. I'm figuring we're going to be up to about 3,000 and probably more by, by Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we, we're going to need the space and, uh, you know, we're going to need to be able to, to, to execute this in, in a timely fashion, especially when it starts snowing and raining. We've done it in the rain. I mean, it was like, it was like a party. Everybody was just happy. You know, we're happy to do this. We, we just look, love looking at people and just see that we're touching them. It's amazing, you know, when you look at people. And, and then it's even better when you know the people because, you know, when you see this look on this person, like, oh, wow, you know, that's real. But when you see that you've taken care of them and you see them again, it's a different look, you know, that's important. It's important that we know that our people can can have a, a decent, decent meal, that our young kids just don't have to cry for anything in terms of food. Before we go any further, tell us how we can donate to uh, help you with your funding. Yes, yeah, so we, uh, my website, you take a look at the website and you see what we're doing. It's, it's a new website. We just redid it over the summer and focusing on the, uh, the food distribution. And you'll see some other little blurbs in there, the YouTube video that's been inserted is in there. And you just go to the donate link and you'll see a big donate link. Hit the donate link and whatever you can afford, whatever is reasonable that you know you can actually afford, we would appreciate it. Being it's just going to go back into the community. So that's Disabled Combat Veterans Youth Program. The acronym is DCVYP.org. So that's Disabled Combat Veterans Youth Program. The acronym is DCVYP.org. So all of our listeners can go on board there. We will be out there to make sure that we do what we can to help you to continue to do the God's work that you're out there taking care of folks who, as you said, it makes a difference for people to be able to feed themselves, to be able to get food so they can focus because we all know that without the necessary nutrients and nourishment, it's hard to really focus on anything. You know, this is an amazing story that you're telling and I'm listening and I, I have so many questions I want to ask you. One is, are you a trained chef or are you one of those self-taught chefs? No, actually, I when I came, I was a cook in the Marine Corps. And when I got out to service, I went directly into the culinary arts, into the New York restaurants. And I, God is good because I fell into the regime of David Burke. Back then, he was the number one chef in the world. And I was at the Park Avenue Cafe with him for four and a half years. And that was fine dining culinary arts to the highest level. And I worked for him for four and a half years. And he classically trained me in the a la carte and the butchering house as well. And then I've always had a thing for, for catering. So from there, I went into the hotel, the Hilton Hotel, and I did some catering there in the banquet department. And I got into the uh, garmage, which is the ice sculptures and the dessert. And from that point, I went back into the uh, restaurant business. And I went under John Lochran, who won the Tour de France. An American from the United States. He actually lives in New York. And I was at a four-star restaurant with him. And I was his executive sous chef. And I built my whole career right there. And from that point on, I've been an executive chef. I've been on contact teams, 
culinarily inclined and educated. Uh, I went to Johnson and Wales. And then I taught culinary at Bergen Community College. And you must have, you know, uh, a master's degree. You're required to have at least a minimum of 10 years experience hands on in the a la carte department, basically restaurants. So I, you know, I was come from the fine dining top of the line in the United States, and uh, but yes, I am uh, a chef. <laughs> I am a chef. I am, yes, sir. Um, if you go on, uh, if you go on Dion Kakuda on Facebook, uh, Dion Kakuda on Facebook, you'll see my work. The other question uh, is, like I said, this is a fascinating story, and you're doing some good work, some great work, and uh, I'm hoping that this will inspire other folks who has a passion and a skill and the resources to do what you're doing to also start uh, providing assistance to people in need. My other question is, uh, what kind of staff does it take to to actually execute the kind of because look like you there's a, this, this is a huge operation what kind of staff does it take to do that and who's actually coordinating all of that okay so the way i did this the way it worked for me was that like again i reached out to the worship house of Inglewood. now every worship house in Inglewood usually have a food ministry so i reached out to the food ministries of, of the worship houses and i knew a lot of the folks i know a lot of the pastors in the community so i reached out told them what i was doing they were interested we sat down for about 15 minutes and then next week we started working together one thing that um that has helped out is that the ones that the folks that i did bring that i knew that have food experience with these chefs so what i asked everyone to do was to get certified online with the surf safe program and, you know, everyone did it. They were offering it for free, which is usually a $300 exam. But because of COVID, uh, you know, I reached out to everyone and I told them that I would prefer if everyone got certified so like that everyone has an understanding on serving food. And plus, when you go back to, when we go back to the norm, you can carry that certification back to your church if you didn't have it. Because that's it. That's stating that, you know, you are federally qualified to handle food. You could take that anywhere in the United States. So, out of the 60 volunteers I have, about 25 of them are certified, which is more than enough. Again, those those 25 are consistently there, so which is great. And, you know, as time went by, you know, folks are hearing about it. The social media is getting, you know, a part of, of what's going on. Then I got folks calling me from different towns. They want to come volunteer. They love what they see. And so what we've done is you can go right on our website and you can register to volunteer there. You know, uh, there's certain questions that are you going to be asked regarding COVID, and there's only limited questions because we cannot get too personal. But it's simple, cut, dry, and clean, you know, and we need to know. Have you been around someone that's, you know, been infected within the last 14 days? Have you been out of the state? We need to know that. Great. You know, great. And I really don't have a question. I'd just like to to make a little statement here. I've been blessed to have the opportunity to, to come see Chef Dion's operation and just the magnitude of what he's doing. It really doesn't do justice just talking about it, you know, in a podcast. But if you can visualize the size of his operation, it, it's incredible. And it's incredible to see the volunteers, people just, you know, coming all over, from all over and just assisting the public and just helping people. It's really beautiful. And, and that's what really inspired me to get Chef Dion on, on our podcast. It really, you know, this his story has to be told. And we really have to support this gentleman and his work. And that, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Well, 
That takes us to the end of another podcast. Remember, the website is www.dcvyp.org. That's Disabled Combat Veterans Youth Program, an acronym, dcvyp.org, where you can donate and find out about all the great work that Chef Dion is doing out there, taking care of those who are uh, affected. You know, there's not just the pandemic that is affecting a lot of people. So for all those that he's servicing, he is a godsend. So we want to do everything that we can. We're going to put his information out on our different groups as well. So we want to thank Chef Dion for coming into the mix. And until next time, we always invite you to follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Facebook, and the Instagram group. And finally, if you want to give us more information or if you have questions and you want to go long form, remember it's the brothers talk at gmail.com. So we appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Please check out Chef Dion. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.